Hello and welcome to the first episode of Programmers. I'm Michael Dagler with my co-host. Nick Dagler. In case you haven't put two or two together, we're brothers and we put the bro in programmer. How convenient. Yes, very. Alright, so on this episode, we're going to riff a little on how we got to where we are today. Mostly because we feel really entitled. Just kidding. But... Anyways, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, give us an intro. Okay, um, I'm a freshman, I'm a freshman in college, uh, I go to Wake Forest University, but right now I'm currently as a part of a uh, study abroad program through my university, where I take two classes on entrepreneurship, and I'm also interning for a startup that just went through YC this year, It's they're called Short Story, I'm uh, developing helping develop some of the website as well as uh, working on the back end and the API. So that's a little bit about what's going on in my life currently. I cool. can tell you more. You will learn more about me as we continue. Okay. Like I mentioned, yeah, Nick Dagler, junior at Tufts, majoring in computer science, um, taking the semester off to do the Kleiner Perkins fellowship program, interning at Effects, one of Kleiner Perkins' portfolio companies. Um, then in the summer, I'll be... Staying right here in the Bay, going over to Facebook and Menlo Park. That's a little bit about me. Um, so yeah, we were, we're going to talk about like how we got into these software engineering internships, what led up to this, why we kind of chose to study computer science. Well, we chose to study computer science because we wanted to get into this field. Um, not to say you can't get into this field without a computer science degree, but it makes it that much harder. Um, yeah, so we're just going to riff a little bit. Uh, big picture, there's a formulaic method to getting an internship in the Bay Area. Um, it's f Just because it's formulaic doesn't maybe. mean there's like not... What were you going to say? It may be different for other people. It may be different for other people. But, but the general... Yeah. There's a, there's a general theme. There are some broad strokes. For most, for most people. Yeah, different strokes for different folks, but there are some broad strokes that apply to all folks. Yep. Alright, so big picture here. This is the timeline. Let's say you're a freshman in college or you're about to enter college and you're like, okay, how am I going to get an internship? Timeline. Learn a skill, build general knowledge or in the tech community, like in the Bay Area, just kind of know what's what, learn about venture capital. Next, establish an online presence, start cold, then start cold emailing people, then you just got to interview well, and then last step, profit. All right, so... Michael, why don't you, let's each talk about our different steps in this process. Um, talk to me about the skill you learned. The skills I learned, not just one. There, there were many. Uh, basically, we have a my brother and I have a shared account on Udemy. So, um, what is Udemy? Udemy is an online course that you use to an online course. It's not, or it's a website where you can take online courses. Mm -hmm. uh, you can pay for them. They're pretty cheap too. I'm not gonna lie. For the amount of like knowledge you get yeah. from the course, the amount like, of like utility you're gonna derive yeah, from course is like ten bucks, and there's like you have like 150 hours. Maybe not that many. Like ten dollars, forty hours of content. Think of like a quarter for every hour of value you're getting. Oh well, yeah. So I guess in high school, uh, I did take my first comp sci class my senior year. Uh, wasn't really getting much out of the class. The I'm not going to name the teacher. He was not that much of a help. Excuse me. So I decided to take matters in my own hands. I 
joined Code Academy. I started taking a course on Python there. Um, I went on to Udemy. I've been on and off with Swift. And just like whenever I felt like I wanted to do a little bit of it, or I was like, dang, I really want to get into iOS. But then other things came around, like college, had to start learning Java, a lot of Java, so I'm pretty good at Java. JavaScript as well, which I continued to develop my knowledge of over my breaks uh, because I was planning to get this internship in the spring, which required me to learn some JavaScript. Not a lot, or not some, but a lot. And I'm also, uh, yeah, I took some courses on Python, like web scraping, stuff like that. So yeah, just kind of like expanding my knowledge as much as possible, trying to get more breadth. Um, I have some depth in some areas, but breadth is probably the key because once you have the uh, basic understanding of like uh, the data structures, um, the concepts, it's pretty easy to, apply to apply to most areas. Yeah, so like, why did you choose front end? It sounds like you did a lot of front end stuff. Um, to be honest, it's probably just easier. Yeah, like a lot of there's a lot of front end positions yeah, that are. It's yeah. easy, it's easier to understand because you can see what you're doing. And it's yeah. more impressive. It looks more. Yeah, impressive. it looks. It's more visual, but like also as like as a like a learning like as a learner, you it usually it's more motivating in the beginning to see some sort of like physical visual manifestation of what you're doing. Not just like, oh my god. Like, and it's easier to show people, too, yeah. like what you actually did. Yeah, they're <coughs> all good. Did you do any YouTube mm. tutorials? or? No, I just watched like YouTube videos about stuff. I didn't... Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, back in 2017, I started teaching myself Swift. I was convinced I was going to get really good at iOS development. Um... Jeffrey Chen, senior iOS engineer at Lyft, shout out to you. I watched some of his YouTube videos and he talked about this exact thing, how you need to build a skill to build projects to get internships, that whole kind of trajectory. He told me to learn iOS, so that's what I did. I bought, remember, it was like a $10 course on Udemy for 40 hours of content, plowed through that. Then over the summer of 2017, I just started building my own apps. You, you really should, like, build your own projects with whatever skill you learn. Um, that's why front-end is important yeah, in this skill that you're building now because you'll be able to show people what you did. So if you do something in, like, C++, say you implement, like, a pretty simple, like, data structure or, like, maybe a non-trivial, like, key value store in C++ or something, it's not going to be as impressive to employers or recruiters. Recruiters typically aren't going to be as technical as your as the hiring manager but they're going to be the ones looking at your resume and if they see oh an ios app or a website they can go look at it right then and there but if they see like uh key value store like some transactional database implementation in like c++ they're going to be like they might think it's cool they might know what it is but it's not going to be as impressive to them most of the time usually so that's why, uh, that's why I thought iOS would be a good route. So I built two iOS apps, pu published them both. Um, one of them is still on the App Store, Jim Streaks. Check it out. Um, so that was like the skill I learned. Uh, I, so I used Udemy, um, did some U YouTube tutorials. Um, just checking my notes here. That is about it. Yeah, like I said, a lot of entry positions are going to look for like front end stuff so give it a shot next
building general knowledge of the, in the industry. So, Michael, talk to us about like the YouTube channels you watch, uh, who you learn from, that sort of thing. Well, um, I guess one of the main ones I probably learned from was the tech lead. He's a pretty cool guy. I know he's pretty controversial these days. You you probably know more about like how he's a little more controversial. Something with like some website that he. He like made that he like got the domain like very similar to something else and he just a lot of stuff going yeah. on with him you know? um coding coding tech that youtube channel they literally just put content about like different things like they just they harvest these lectures and they put it in here <coughs> they put it into like different playlists so if you want to learn about javascript there's like 40 videos on javascript you could watch That's pretty cool. link will be in the show notes um i'm i guess i mean i just Started watching Algo Expert recently, but you kind of need to pay for that, so. Yeah, and that's not really building knowledge in the industry. That's more like. Oh, TechCrunch. I'm, I'm not gonna claim like I've been reading TechCrunch for a while, but you just look up TechCrunch, latest news. There's something in the tech industry going on all the time. You can just read like a paragraph, and just that's more than someone else knows right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you keep up with that day to day, builds up. Hopefully. Yeah. A lot of my, like, general knowledge came from, like, initially watched a bunch of YC, Y Combinator oh, y videos Combinator, yeah. on YouTube. I watched a lot of those. Um, and they recommended a product uh, called Product Hunt. It's just this website slash, it's a mobile app as well, that has, like, they post daily um, kind of builds of different people, like, different websites, apps, things like that. So it's just kind of cool to, like, keep track of what's going on and what's who's building what kind of look at the trends at what's what's popular um oh yeah and i guess to that end as well i i watch a lot of youtube i watch tech lead i watch um conference talks on coding tech um joma tech as well uh, i know he said he was like quitting youtube um but the link to his channel will be in the description below and then the creator of elgoexpert.io clement uh, i can't pronounce your last name clement but yeah your channel's pretty awesome too <laughs> um one other thing I wanted to touch on is, like, finding this whole idea of, like, mentorship. Like, Hold on. What? forgot to mention one of the most important podcasts that you should be listening to if you want to be a software engineer is Software Engineering Daily. That's a good one. That is a very good one. Yeah. I heard the, uh, I heard the content writer is kind of a loser. They have multiple content writers. Alright, fine. The one I'm looking at right now. <laughs> uh, okay, now you're just making this awkward. It's, he's trying to tell everyone that I do content writing for Software Engineering Daily. I do. You should check out my articles. Link will be in the show notes. Anyways, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. You gotta find it. Just this whole idea of mentorship. This could be another podcast episode in and of itself. But I think, first of all, the term mentorship is overrated. It's... Mentorship is rarely what you think it looks like, but try to find people that you can maybe set up a, like, a routine Google Hangout with and just kind of shoot the shit with them and talk about tech. Hope Maybe it's a software engineer in the industry. Maybe it's a family friend who works at like a big tech company or something. Just find someone that you can kind of keep a pulse with. Um, it'll just help in the long run. And it'll motivate you to make progress because you know you're calling them at some point in the future and they're going to want to hear what's new with you. Um, okay, cool. So we covered 
teaching yourself a practical skill. Oh, one more thing on that. Make sure you set aside time every day to do it because if you do this like once a week for like five hours trying to learn a new skill, it's, it's not going to stick with you. You're better off doing like 20 minutes a day, even like 10 minutes a day. Just do 10 minutes a day. I bet you 10 minutes a day is more effective than five hours in one shot in a weekend. Kind of builds up that identity. What do you think, Michael? I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, I mean, if you can do it five hours, go for it. But I think in general, you just kind of have to surround yourself with it at all times. Like, you literally just, it, like, when I first started, I was like, it's like, dang, I really want to watch some Netflix. I was like, you know what, and watch, like, some something else instead. And it's a little uncomfortable at first, I'm not going to lie. Like, you're like, oh, my God, I'm learning. But then it's like, yes, I'm learning. <laughs> And so you just get used to it. Pick up that momentum, yeah. It doesn't mean you can't watch Netflix or anything. But, yeah, no, I, I like, get what you're saying. I don't watch Netflix or anything, like, as much as I used to. It's always a good thing. Yeah, it's All right. Not, yeah. yeah, so we, t- we covered, like, teaching yourself a practical skill, um, how to build, like, general knowledge in the industry. Just watch a ton of YouTube and listen to a bunch of podcasts. Links will be in the show notes. Um, three, you need to have an online presence. Okay, this is going to be a crucial one because, like, People want to know that you're legit, and there's four points, or three points I have here listed in the notes, like, that you got to have down pat, like, solid. you got to have a LinkedIn, just up to date, ready to go. You need to have a personal website. You need to have some website where you can host, like, just information about you, and your GitHub needs to be, your GitHub just needs to be decent. It doesn't have to be great. Um, you can be, okay, if one of these is, like, good for you, then you can be okay. But if you have all three, that's ideal. Yeah. Um, Michael, talk, talk to us. I mean, my LinkedIn is pretty set. As far as personal website, I honestly probably should make one. Like, I could probably make one, like... It I'll, takes two seconds. Yeah, I'll make, I'll make one, like, this week. GitHub, I have a GitHub. I'm gonna be honest. I've been scared of GitHub and, like, the GitLabs for so long. I, I'm using GitLab right now in my internship, but I can't really go that much farther into it but yeah just like i need to start putting stuff on github but it's just kind of like all this stuff with the terminal well see you compensate with like cold emails we'll get to that in a second but my michael is okay michael is okay because he just like put, put it up he just put in straight work yeah he was okay with just his linkedin but honestly like it, it you're better off having all three. I'm not saying you need to have them, but the more sources online you can have that have information relevant to you and about you to show people that you are legit, it's just going to work in your favor. Um, so I guess we'll just break these down one by one. Uh, starting with the easiest, personal website. You might have thought I was going to say LinkedIn. Personal website is so easy to make. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to be responsive. There doesn't need to be any JavaScript. You could be a static page, static files hosted, static content, static everything. And you can host it for free all through GitHub. Uh, please sponsor us. <laughs> but there will be a link in the show notes to the page on GitHub that walks you through how to set up your own website with free hosting on GitHub. So that's cool. Um, I'm not going to spend any more time on that because everything you'll need is online already. Uh, number two, your LinkedIn. So Michael, talk to us about your LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn, I, honestly, one of the most uh, overlooked things, get a nice picture on there. Don't, 
like actually put a nice picture like something that like it looks presentable so it's like like don't have like a don't have like a no like a no face picture and don't have like one of those like smirks or whatever i mean it works for some people but i usually you put those on after you've like accomplished some things yeah just to show off to everyone like hey check out my profile you see the smirk a good and example it, would be nicholas's linkedin yeah i'll leave my linkedin in the description below not saying i've accomplished much but it it were it, it's kind of it it's kind of braggadocious and it's whatever i mean like i said at the beginning different strokes for different folks some strokes for generally all folks but just put a nice picture make sure you're not drinking alcohol or smoking weed maybe or wearing a t-shirt with any vulgar pro- profanity on it that yeah for starters that, yeah like that pro- i'd assume if you didn't know that though you should probably stop listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, please listen um okay also you should probably put like your title whatever you are even if you won't like like if you're not currently in an internship you should probably say like where you're going to school or something stuff like that there's also like parts that you can put in your linkedin where it says like your university you definitely fill that out you want to have a resume you want to make sure it's updated um what should you name that file your name your full name first name underscore last name underscore resume dot pdf that is probably the most yeah so what happens there is like if a recruiter or like a hiring manager comes to your profile and they want to download your resume they'll download it instead of the file name being resume when it's downloaded just like everybody else's file name that sends them their resume oh resume resume and they have to open the file to see who it's for this way they can just see the name right on the file name so if you name it that on your linkedin when they download it it's going to have your name in the download file it's just like you want to reduce all friction like any little no, thing like even the underscores because like i'm not even kidding like if you try to access it in the terminal or something and it's not connected by like now if you put a space, yeah. that, that could just be kind of iffy. Exactly. Make sure there's no white space in the file name. Because, yeah. like, when you're accessing a file on the terminal, you're going to have to put a, backsla- a backslash, then a for- space forward slash. Whereas if it was just an underscore or a hyphen, it's so much easier for whoever's trying to get to, your ter- get to your, that file in the terminal. It's going to be easier for them to access it if there are characters in between... Um, logical breaks in the uh, name of the file so make sure okay that was a long-winded way of saying name the your resume file on your linkedin profile as your first name not literally your first name insert your first name not don't write y-o-u-r-f-i-r-s-t-n-a-m-e first name underscore You're insulting our listener <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey mom <laughs> First name, underscore, last name, underscore, resume, dot PDF. Okay, there's a dead horse in the room. We're fucking beating it. <laughs> Anyways, what else do we need on LinkedIn, Michael? Um, you should probably have any experience that you have. Like, Okay, any. I, I'm going to say this like lightly because sometimes it's hard for people to have a lot of notable experience or something. Mm-hmm. If you're really proud of the work you did and you think like your employer can give you a really good reference put it on there but i would stay away from like those like summer jobs that you had like you could say it still but like like yeah but like try to make sure that if there's nothing else you can put there put it put it put it on there that's like Um, something you take off like when you get more of a industrial kind of you know what i'm saying one one way you could do it if you literally have zero experience but you're building side projects yeah just call yourself like self-employed or say you're like freelance and that you're building it for like 
a family member or something like that. Yeah. It's... Okay, some people, okay, have moral qualms with stretching the truth, but there is the whole, like, you know, chicken and egg problem. Jobs, entry-level positions require experience. It's like, how do I get that experience? Oh, you gotta get entry-level positions. It's like, you're gonna need some amount of luck, and you're gonna need... You don't have to stretch the truth, but I recommend stretching the truth. Anyways. (laughs) And you probably want your education. I mean... Pretty straightforward. I didn't put my high school because I don't think I feel like just colleges. No one cares where you go to high school. If you're in high school, put your high school. If, on yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like if you're listening to this right now and you're still in high school, like Probably. you're ahead of the game. Like yeah. if you start going hard right now, you're gonna be set. There's kids like my age that don't even have LinkedIn. Oh, I know. There's kids my age. I mean, I'm, I'm only 18, but I'm still. 21, and there I know kids on LinkedIn. Woo wee. Uh, volunteering too, that that's something like you can do if it's notable volunteering. If you have good test scores too, like yeah. if you if you got like a thirty five or high I guess like a th- I'd say thirty four or higher on your ACT or anything higher like fifteen hundred or above. Actually, I don't know, fifteen twenty ish or above yeah. on your SAT I'd put it on there. Alright. Also you want to have your skills skills and endorsements and then this is a pro The endorsements don't matter. Yeah. By but the way. You get your friends to endorse you. You could, yeah. People don't really look at the skills as much as they do your experience yeah. and um, your resume. So, And then you also just want to put, like, your email, stuff like that. Contact info and the link to your personal website that you've already created by now because it's the easiest thing to do. Okay, I think we've beat the LinkedIn into the ground. Um, oh, one more thing about LinkedIn. Make sure you have... Just connect to anyone you know because once you reach 500 connections, I'm pretty sure this is true, you show up more in search results. It's once you hit that 500 connection um, threshold, your profile's like boosted up to this next level. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. But I know the more connections you have, the I only better. have like 100. Just start, yeah, you gotta start connecting with people. Um, okay, so we, t- we covered personal website, LinkedIn, GitHub. So those personal projects you've been diligently building and learning about. Um, You've hopefully put these on GitHub. If you don't know what GitHub is, go to YouTube, go to Udemy, type in how to use GitHub or GitHub course, and and you can learn how to use GitHub. Learn how to use GitHub. Learn how to use Git. Um, Put your projects on your GitHub. Upload a picture to your GitHub. Put links to your personal website and LinkedIn in your GitHub bio. Um, And there's going to be a spot on your profile in GitHub where you can pin... um, your repositories that you want to be shown at the top, pin your projects, pin the two, one or two projects that you have on your resume to the top and be able to talk about them. Um, make sure, by the way, make sure you're like adding, pushing, and committing. Um, sorry. Put, just pushing your code to GitHub as frequently as possible because then that'll get your commit count higher and then you'll get those green squares filled out a little more and it looks nice. And, like, a lot of kids don't have that, so if you do have that, if you have a consistent, like, streaks of, like, green on your GitHub profile, you're going to stand out. (laughs) Anyways, so, okay, we cover personal website, LinkedIn, GitHub. These are all, it's all, like, synergistic. So once one starts picking up, you'll be more motivated to get the other rolling, and once you're learning new things and building projects, you're going to want to show them off, put them on GitHub. It's great. It's all handy-dandy there. Okay, so let's recap here. You know, you know how to learn skills now. Amazing. You know how to build general knowledge around tech. Double amazing. 
and you have a great online presence. Damn, you are killing the game. Next. So, recruiters are going to want you, and your resume is perfect by now. Um, oh, one thing about resumes that we didn't touch on. We're going to link a resume template in the show notes. It's a LaTeX um, template. It's from Joma Tech, one of Joma Tech's videos. I, I took it, adapted it, and made it into my current resume. It's so nice. Just learn LaTeX. Your life will be so much easier. Anyways, now let's get on to how, how are we going to contact people? Well, applying online is a black hole. It's technically not a black hole, but it's kind of a black hole when you have zero other experience. So you're going to want to get through a back door. That back door is called the cold email. And so how are we going to cold email people? How do we know who to email? Well, Michael here has a lot of experience with that. Michael, would you recount your cold emailing experience from this past fall? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite an eye-opening experience, actually, because... Let me give you the premise first, okay? This program said they'd give us a big list of warm leads, like we'd... Well, We're not cutting well, that out. Continue, Michael. Well, they said they'd help us a little bit, and I was like, okay, maybe they'll help us. And turns out, not a lot of people want a freshman with no experience to intern in the spring semester. So I was left all by my lonesome to go look online. So basically what I did was I went on to like, Nicholas, you referenced me to this thing called like 500 startups or something. So yeah, I'll interject here and kind of tell you the tell you about the resources I gave Michael. So okay, I told Michael to find it. Go. Okay. Um, I was just saying okay. I gave Michael a list of websites where he could find companies that he could find the founders or employees of and cold email them. These these websites were um, websites of VC firms, um, a Y Combinator company database, and then I think there was another website called like csinterns.com and maybe a GitHub repo with other companies on it. So yeah. all of those will be in the show notes. Um, I'll let my, Michael continue now. Yeah, and the, uh, I think the main, uh, the important thing about, like, this is, like, you can't, e like, emailing a big company may work if you, like, know the person, but literally the, the reasons it's easier, not easier for startups, but they're, you're, you're more likely to get a response is because being a startup, there's probably, the founders are probably still re responding to the emails, so, like, they'll take a look at, like, who emailed them. They, they treat it as, like, you know. They some, treat it more seriously, and they're yeah. not getting as many emails, if yeah. any. So that's a lot of these people are just going to be happy about someone being enthusiastic yeah, about their that's, company. That's, and yeah, so also another thing, this is just a little, another thing. You see like the logo and you recognize the logo, you can email them. But all, but try to find the ones you don't recognize the logo of too, because if you don't recognize the logo, that's probably means like it's probably a sign that they're going to respond to your email. Yeah, that they're new. Um, also try to and make sure you try to find like don't just BS like like do cold emails, but also. Try to find it like something that something that you like, mm -hmm. because, like, okay, so like for for example, my startup that that, I'm I'm pretty thankful they emailed me back. They uh, they are like there's like this is basically the buzz term for them that I don't know if they like or not, but the stitch fix for uh, petite women. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, what does stitch fix do? Um, stitch fix is like they style your they personalize your style and they send you like a box of clothes so it's like a personalized style box every month yeah. that's exactly what it is great okay and i'm a short guy so i kind of i'm not a girl but 
like sh- being short, and to, be, being short, and trying <laughs> to find fashion is kind of hard. So I was like, that's something I'm pretty pat, like not passionate, like I'm passionate about that. That's something mm-hmm. I I find is like I'm a pretty fashion forward guy too. So if any way I can help, it's pretty pretty awesome. And so I emailed them. And I told them my situation. And the, the the big key is you just gotta be honest. <laughs> you just gotta say like I am the I am looking for an internship. Here's why. Here's what I can do for you. Don't like don't get on your knees and like cry, but like. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is where the building the skills comes in because, in the email you tell them what you can offer them because you got to make sure it's not like oh. I need an internship. Give me an internship. What can you do for me? You need to tell them, hey, I like your company. Here's why. Here's how I found you. This is my situation. These are my skills. Here's my resume. And also, here's my LinkedIn if you want to learn more about me. They're going to go to your LinkedIn that you've built pristinely clean. It's it's looking fresh by now. And you have your other links on there to your GitHub that's full of like green squares and full of nice projects you've built to show off the skills that you tell them that you have to prove your like credibility. It's got a link to your personal website with all your other info and maybe fun, cool stuff about you. And so when they see that, they're going to be like, wow, this is someone who cares about their career. This is someone who takes care of their online presence. This is someone who has their stuff together. And they're going to be more apt to give you a shot if they're on the fence. That's how this is going to work, especially... Because when a company is smaller, you're going to be able to access more of their, like, human side. Like, when you're... When you're, you're not go- getting a robot emailing you back. You're not getting a recruiter emailing you back who's emailing, like, 50 other people at the same time. And you're just another, like, person in the system. Another cog in the wheel. Basically, yeah. We know a couple of cogs in the wheels, don't we? I mean, we are cogs in the wheel. And everyone's a cog in the wheel in a larger sense of the word. Not to get too existential on you. It, Anyways. We're, we're, life's a game. We're just playing it, but... Okay, we're, we're now, now we're just... Another episode. We're trending off topic. Another yeah. Episode. Anyway, so the cold emails. Go to the websites listed in the show description. This is what you're going to do. Find companies that look cool that you have not recognized. If you recognize the company, probably just skip it, to be honest. <laughs> they're probably too big and they probably won't get back to you unless you have a stellar background. Um, which, honestly, if you do have a stellar background, you know who uh, you know who you are, and by all means, go for those companies. Also, just sorry, real quick, just also gauge how well, you, like how well you know companies, because like maybe you're that one person that knows every single company, and maybe you do recognize all the logos. That's even better. Yeah, so you can gauge how big they are, and that's even better. Yeah, I guess, like, if you're on product hunt a lot and you're following, like, Y Combinator really closely and you've seen a lot of these things, like, you're going to be good on you, but that means you'll be able to identify the startups much It also probably means you know this technique. Um, moving <laughs> moving on from there, um, once you've identified a company, okay, it's like, okay, how am I going to get emails for some employees or the founders? Typically, they're going to have the company website listed on... Or wherever you're looking at, if the companies, if you're looking at the company online, there's probably a link to the company website. Go to the company website, go to the about page, or go to the FAQ page, and what you do is, once what you do is you look for the team because typically these places will not have career or internship openings. That's the first thing you want to check. Scroll all the way to the bottom or look at the top for a careers page or a job openings page. Go there. If there is an internship opening, great. Apply through there and then continue with what I'm about to say. If not, just skip that part. You don't need to apply. You can just go through the back door. So the back door is find someone at the company listed on their website. Probably going to be a co-founder, at least a co-founder or a CEO. 
Then look them up on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Try to find an email address. You just need one email address. That's all you need. And just send a cold email. Say, this is what you say. You say, hi, so-and-so, comma, enter, enter. I found your company, XYZ. This is really interesting because blah, 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 blah. If you actually find it interesting, though. Thanks for interrupting me. Anyways. I'm just you <laughs> Thanks for interrupting me. Anyways. Um, I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, tell them what you can do for them. Tell them what skills you have. Tell them your situation, where you're studying, blah, blah, blah. Send them your resume. Say, I've attached my resume for your convenience. Here's a link to my LinkedIn. Hope to hear from you soon. Um, end, the, end the email with a, would you be willing to hop on a 10 to 15 minute call if you have the time? Make sure you say if you have the time because you don't want to come across as too assertive, especially when you have no experience and these people are very busy and their time is very valuable. Send that email off. If you can't email a founder or whatever, another way to find people's email addresses, go to the company page on LinkedIn, click on all employees. It's honestly worth it if you need to buy um, LinkedIn premium for like one or two months. For two months, it's going to be what? I think it's going to run you like $120. First month's free. First month is free. Hear that, guys? If you haven't used it before. If you haven't used it before, first month of LinkedIn premium is free. The next month is like what? Like 60 bucks? I don't know. I haven't used. I only used it for a month. Okay, well, it's like sixty bucks, and it's well worth it. You can see everyone is working at a given company. You can scroll through their profiles, and typically, employees will have like links to their social media or their personal websites where you can get contact info, and then you contact use that email address, and let them tell them how you found their email address so they're not freaked out, but just let them know that you're very interested in the company. Um, so that's kind of how the cold email goes. Let's see what else here. Mm, do you have anything else to add on this? Mm. I mean, no, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. Like, and how many of these cold emails are you going to have to send out? How many did you send out, Michael? Rough ballpark. I mean, I don't really want my employer hearing this and being, being like, oh, I sent out so many. It doesn't I, matter. <laughs> um... Probably like a hundred, hundred fifty. Probably hundred. Probably a hundred. You hear that, guys? Around a hundred. And how many responses did you get? Actually, probably like five. No, no, I got like ten. One of them was like remote work. Okay. One of them was uh, short story. Mm-hmm. And the other one said, "Love the enthusiasm." Good luck out there, champ. So basically a soft rejection. So that's 2 out of 100. That's 2%. So 1 out of every 50 cold emails you send is going to be an actual lead. Yeah. So make sure you're sending a lot of these. When I say like a lot of these emails, if you think you've sent enough, you probably haven't. You should try to send 5 to 10 a day. 5 to 10 a day? To I start. Mean, I mean, like, if you are if you just want to sit down and grind it out, try to get, like, 50 done a day. No, but, like, if you're, like, a college student and you have classes, I just found it was, like, if you do 5 to 10, maybe you're really feeling up to it, 15. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, one way to keep yourself motivated is, like, keep a Google Sheet and track the emails you send to people. Like, list the date that you sent the emails, and then you can come back to the sheet and follow up with people if they aren't getting back to you. I found that that actually helps sometimes. Um, yeah. So we've kind of beat this cold email thing into the ground. Um, 
let's move on here to the to the next one. Pretty much one more step. Um, we just got to email. We not email. We just got to interview. We just got you have to interview well. So, okay, you send a cold email. Someone wants to interview you. Okay, how how are you gonna do this? Be able to tell a story with your resume. This is pretty. This is more simple thing. These are more simple things. Craft a story that goes along with your resume. Um, hopefully your resume is crafted so there's a storyline built in. Um, don't put anything on your resume that you can't speak to. Do not list like a ton of programming languages, frameworks, databases, software packages you've used like Photoshop, blah, blah, blah. If you use things once, it's not enough to list on your resume. You need to have used it in a project and so you can explain how you used whatever tool you're listing. Um, some other points here, do research on the company before you interview, you should know what they do. Research your interviewer if you know who they are, if you don't know who's interviewing you, you may be interviewing with a smaller company, just stalk everyone at the company, look at their, look at their social media, look at their LinkedIn, see what their political leanings may be, try to tailor yourself to them. Now this may or may not be a, a good thing because like some employers may be like, wow, it really felt like he was he or she was tailoring himself or herself to my personality. And like that may or may not be a good thing. When you're a more junior candidate, I feel like that is a good thing because they're looking for people who are competent. And if you're similar to them, they're gonna they're gonna have some underlying feeling that you're more competent just because you're similar to them. It's science. I said so. <laughs> um, we're getting a little tighter, so we're just to wrap it up here. If you are going to be asked any technical questions, use Udemy. Learn data structures. Type yeah. type in data space structures. Take a data structures course. Use Python Think for all your... Think of practice questions. Think of practice questions. Yeah. Go on leak code. Practice, you... no, but just practice questions in general. Like, look at your resume, see what they might ask you about, and make sure you know... How to answer them. Do the, yeah, do all the typical homework. Like, look up common interview questions. Make sure you have answers to those. Make sure you know how to answer questions like, how did you resolve conflict? What were some big challenges? Blah, 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 blah. Use Leak Code. Leak Code Premium is worth it because you can filter by company, um, filter by frequency. Let's see what else here. Speak I'm gonna professionally. What? Speak professionally. Like, when you're talking to them, like, don't. Don't use crass language the first time you meet them. Nah, you just mouth that you were tired a few minutes no, ago, so no. I'm trying to speed it up. Oh, I know, I'm just giving the listeners what they what they ask for. Anyways, fine. Let me backtrack now that my co-host Michael's been so kind to correct me. If you guys haven't heard of Leak Code, you need to use it. It is the website to use to practice for technical interview questions by premium. Leak Code Premium is worth it. I think it's like $160 a year. Um, if you can't afford that, honestly, like, find a way to make it happen. The amount of money you're going to make if you do get a job at a big tech company because you use LeetCode far outweighs, like, the immediate downsides of spending money that you don't have. Just go take your mom's credit card out of her purse. Yeah, go steal your parents' credit card. Or, like, honestly... Just kidding. <laughs> don't break the law. Yeah, don't break the law. We're not doctors. We're not... We don't endorse... <laughs> any breaking of any laws in any country at any point in time. Next, if you don't like leak code and you like things explained to you like me, check out elgoexpert.io. I do not have a discount code, but I wish I did, Clement. I'm looking at you. There will be a discount link in the dis in the show notes, though, because you can create one if you're a member on the website, which I am. 
Um, it's great because yeah. it's just like yeah, it's just like Leak Code, but there are in-depth video explanations of the algorithms and kind of thinking behind solving the questions. And it's two different. There's more than one solution yeah. sometimes, which is nice to see that, and it gives you the space time and time. Yeah, complexity. they teach you space and time complexity, which is really nice. One thing that Leak Code doesn't teach you um you kind of pick it up along the way or you're supposed to just going to discussion <laughs> yeah <laughs> one liner <laughs> yeah oh one the the meme for lead code is like you have no idea to do it you go to the discussion section easy python one liner from some like python so, ninja yeah. but anyways elgo experts also really nice because they have a course on data structures now so you may not even have to buy something on udemy if you just go to elgo expert um, they're gonna. I, I think they're planning on adding more like systems design as I hope well. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but um, that's pretty much at a high level. You have something to add? Just another because you remind me of data structure, something we didn't cover. But mm -hmm. like the book, cracking the coding interview. Oh yeah. Not maybe for like a, like not you probably maybe not for like a first level internship or something, depending on what you're going for. But at some point, get the book. And I don't get, think I don't think it's that useful. I mean, some of it's probably useful. You can't say none of it's useful. I mean, I can't say it is useful either. I don't know. People buy it. I bought it anyways, even though I barely used it's it. It's like you kind of have to have it. It's like the Bible. Everyone has one. You no mean, one reads it. Yeah. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, at a high level, that was that's the first episode. Learn a skill. Build general yeah. knowledge around tech. Establish an online presence, cold email people, interview well, make some money. Um, and, yeah. Um, so, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, we'll, be, we'll be talking about other things on here, too. That, yes. That, this is the introduction episode, so we do want to just kind of give a little overview of what else we talk about. We talk about a lot of things on here. Yeah. Like you just saw, this is kind of like the tech world kind of genre topic that we just went over. We'll be talking about other things like tech news, uh, maybe like actual like, I don't know, programming, maybe how to do something. Potentially, yeah. Fitness, we're really big in fitness. Yeah, we like to work out. Um, just like self help too. Mhm. Mm like self development. Be, yeah, like meditation. Um, psychedelics. Psychedelics, yeah. Nootropics. Nootropics. Yeah, shout out to uh, the podcast Psychedelics Daily. I don't know the guy's name. I forgot it, but. You should give them a listen to. They come out with lots of interesting studies and uh, study in like cases about like how psychedelics work and like how they their effects on people in positive ways. We probably yeah. won't talk about business, but if you're interested in business, check out the MFCEO project. Um, they actually just ended the series after like three years, but great content. Sorry, continue, Michael. That's about it. That's about it. All right, guys. Well. It's been real. It's been cool. It's been fun. It's the programmers. It's the programmers. We'll see you on the next one. Take it easy. Or don't. Take that money.